Hello, welcome to uh, DAVCAT 43. This is a, another update on the impeachment proceedings, and I'll be also engaging in some economic analysis as well. Earlier today, some friends and I were talking on a live Periscope chat, and we were talking about the, uh, what's known as the Great Recession. To distinguish it from the Great Depression, in Australia, we call it the global financial crisis, and we were the only uh, industrialized economy to be able to avoid being drawn into a technical recession because we had uh, government stimulatory measures put in place that kept the bubble of consumer sentiment bubbling along merrily, shall we say. Everybody was given $900 by the government which is an unusual move, but it really worked. Uh, it kept disposable spending money high, and it was an unexpected windfall, which economic psychologists will tell you typically gets spent. Yes, that's why people who win the lottery usually go broke, because all of their money is, an, is a windfall, and they spend everything, and they don't have sustained patterns of investing uh, and generating future income off their assets. They just acquire material possessions that diminish in value. So why is it important that Australia managed to steer clear of a technical recession during the GFC or the Great Recession as you know it? It's important because your government is currently not stimulating the economy nor is ours. Yes, you have uh, good economic employment numbers, that's on a trajectory that's been occurring since Obama's economic recovery uh, following the Great Recession, but it doesn't keep people with a high uh, level of wages. It doesn't help wages keep place with inflation. It keeps uh, the market so tight that, in fact, there's downward pressure on wages. So everybody's uh, on lower relative wages, or rather there's, there's just this downward pressure on wages. So people might be taking two or three jobs just to get by. And in fact, there's the highest rate in the US ever of failure to uh, meet repayments on cars. So cars are a significant asset for Americans, whether or not they own their own home, they typically own their own transportation. And for repayments to have a highest ever rate of, of not being met, that's a significant economic finding. In relation to shares, I just came across some statistics about that. So let me check it out. Uh, do, do, do. Somebody drew my attention to it. The fact that many Australians do not own shares. Did I say Australians or Americans? Many Americans do not own shares at all. Oh, it might be a bit tricky. Ah, oh, here we go. Found it. Just loading it. 80% of stocks in the US are owned by the top one, sorry, top 10%. And half of all households don't have a cent invested in stocks. And 24% of households have less than 25,000 invested, including uh, 401ks. So that's because the New York Times, well, that's not because, sorry, that is listed in the New York Times uh, article that they've just written called, We All Have a Stake in the Stock Market, Right? Guess Again. 
I will make that visible for everybody on screen. Here we go. Oh. So you can see and you can Google that article for yourself using that headline. We all have a stake in the stock market, right? Think again. If you Google those, that phrase, you will find that same article and consequently the sources for those statistics. So what are we saying here? The stock market is high under Trump. Uh, it, was, it, it saw significant gains under Obama as well, but uh, racist white blindness to economic improvements under a black president is a problem. Partisan blindness to economic improvements under a Democratic president is a problem as well. Uh, partisanship is a problem, and I think we need to urge people to use the word partisanship instead of political. Instead of saying, oh, they're making it political, say make it partisan, because politics and political sh are words that shouldn't be polluted in that way. Uh, political should mean policies undertaken for the good of people and polit political leaders are elected to their positions because of our trust placed in them to do work that is for the good of the people. Political shouldn't be a poisonous word, but in America it is because it's used um, as a placeholder instead of what should be said, which is partis illogical partisanship. So partisanship that is no longer just an alternative explanation, but is stuff that is so has such a strong emotive comment content that it's become untethered from reality. It's no longer reality-based, it's emotion-laden. You need women to come and fix a situation like this when things have become so emotionally fraught that reality is no longer a driving consideration for the Republican Party. I say that knowing that there's a female Republican congresswoman who's disgraced herself yesterday, uh, Elise Stefanik, who tried to subvert uh, impeachment hearing proceedings in order to get a clip on Fox News about how terrible and oppressive Representative Adam Schiff is that he would interrupt her and say the congresswoman is not recognised multiple times because she spoke out of turn multiple times, contravening the rules written by Republicans and adhered to by the Democrats organising the impeachment inquiry. So uh, Elise's... Representative Elise Stefanik's uh, opponent, uh, Tedra Cobb, has raised uh, over $975,000 in the last 24 hours on the back of people's revulsion uh, about her law-breaking behaviour or her norm-breaking behaviour. Is it enough? Is it enough to fight fascism? Well, by itself, any action we take is not enough to fight back against the intoxication of fascism. Multiple countries have been swept up in it, historically speaking, and multiple countries are swept up in it now. Not to overgeneralize, because not all Americans have succumbed to fascism. Indeed, a majority of Americans disapprove of Trump. Uh, but it needs to be a bigger majority. There needs to be significant pressure on Senate Republicans in order for them uh, to bow to the weight of evidence that Trump is a traitor who prioritises his personal arrangements with dictators and his personal aspirations to stay in power uh, outside of all lawful restrictions. So Trump doesn't care about the laws saying uh, you shall not solicit or accept help from a foreign national 
in advancement of your own campaign to win election. But Trump does. He sought Ukrainian assistance by extorting the Ukrainian president, a man newly elected to his position, vulnerable with vulnerable, a vulnerable citizenry under military attack from Russia. Trump used that vulnerability to force the Ukrainian president to capitulate to the demands of his shadow State Department. His personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, his um, complicit energy secretary, Rick Perry, his complicit diplomat, Kurt Volker, and his complicit ambassador to the EU, Gordon Sondland, all of whom participated, communicated over WhatsApp, uh, wrote to each other, wrote a script to be given to uh, the Ukrainian president's aide, Yermak, about what they should say, what, what Zelensky should announce on CNN in order to successfully conceal the origins of uh, an investigation. So Zelensky wasn't being asked to agree to actually hold an investigation. He was being asked to agree to make an announcement. This is so important because it's so revealing as to the true nature of the request made of the Ukrainian government. It wasn't a request to reduce corruption. It wasn't a request to investigate corruption. It was a request to announce an investigation into Trump's political opponent and an investigation into Trump's political opponent from 2016 to investigate the 2016 election, to investigate the hacking of the DNC email with the foregone conclusion to be satisfactory to Trump for the conclusions of U.S. intelligence agencies to be besmirched, for their findings that Russia attacked the U.S. to be besmirched with this new legitimate uh, investigation being acquiesced to by Ukraine. So Ukraine wasn't going to go on to CNN and say, we've accepted Trump's request to investigate Joe Biden. They were going to go on to CNN and say, of our own volition, under no duress whatsoever, no pressure, no pressure, we've just decided to investigate Biden. Uh, so essentially, it was a deal. We will save Ukrainian lives by handing over the aid that has already been appointed by Congress that we are illegally withholding from you because we are blurring the constitutionally mandated separation of powers between different branches of government. We are overstepping the constraints to, to usurp the congressional powers of the purse to say we get to decide what to do with this money that Congress has already decided is going to military aid to help Ukraine that the Department of Defense has already signed off on saying, yep, we've determined that this aid will be well spent, this military aid will be well used to advance not only Ukrainian safety, but American national interests in providing a check and a balance on Russian aggression. Uh, Hitler was appeased when he started to acquire countries. And the Republican Party and the Democratic Party bipartisanly voted for military assistance being given to Ukraine to prevent such a situation, to provide in this instance the opposite of appeasement, a check, a militaristic check to Putin advancing on neighbouring countries. And Trump sabotaged that. He withheld the aid for seven weeks, uh, usurping the powers of the, uh, of the Congress, the powers of the purse, thus contravening the Constitution yet again and contravening the Constitution in order 
to extort Ukraine with something that didn't belong to Trump, to say, you want this, you want this help that Congress said you could have? You want it? That's a nice country you've got there. That's a nice country you've got there. You probably really want this military aid that one branch of the US government have said you could have. Well, you can't have it. You can't have it and you can't have a meeting at the White House. You can't have the prestige of this meeting or you can't have $391 million of military aid and your people must continue to die unless you make this announcement on CNN. You go and you speak to Fahid, what's his surname? The CNN guy who had already been chasing an interview with Zelensky uh, and who has now written a Washington Post article saying, yes, I was not aware that Ukraine was under this pressure uh, to make this announcement on my show. He wanted to speak to, Fahid wanted to speak to Zelensky because that was going to be interesting. Ukraine is an American ally under attack by Russia at a time when Russia and, and Trump's relationship was under scrutiny in any case. So let's have a look. <sighs> oh, I was going to try and find the name of Fahid. Okay, let's find Fahid's name. Do, do, do. While I'm finding that, I'm going to tell you about something else, which is important. And this thing is uh, a hashtag you might want to visit on Twitter called uh, Border Patrol Rape Culture. Somebody who's a whistleblower for Border Patrol and all women who admit to sexual assault should be viewed as whistleblowers because it's typically always humiliating delegitimizing and frustrating for a woman to take a complaint about sexual assault to the public. Uh, it always attracts hostile attention and it always attracts trolls and it always attracts a significant downside. It's never a get-rich-quick ticket. Uh, even though women can use false claims of rape uh, to gain power in some situations. For example, the woman who falsely alleged that Emmett Till had, had whistled at her. She probably enjoyed some power and attention for a moment or two. Um, she now admits that it, it was a lie that Emmett Till didn't whistle at her. He was 14 years old and he was savagely beaten and murdered. And where his body now lies, they've had to make the signage bulletproof because of all the white supremacists that habitually shoot at his memorial a 10 year old boy who had an open casket so that because his family wanted the community to see what what had been done to a 14 year old boy because of because of racism uh, and that sentiment is still alive and well today those people who would race to conclusions that white women need to be defended because the bent of their internal paradigm their internal framework still dehumanizes people of color would still savage a person of color on inadequate evidence and for a pathetic crime okay so racism may have lessened so that people would no longer kill someone for daring to whistle at a white woman but there are still people who would allow for hundreds of thousands of iraqis to die uh for very little cause because of uh, emotion, an emotional need to, 
to show strength and to take vengeance on any brown people from the Middle East because of the attacks from another brown person, Osama bin Laden, on, on the United States of America. And we shouldn't be sympathetic. I'm sympathetic to the fact that 9-11 was an unprecedented level of, of murder and trauma inflicted on a country without notice on a civilian population. But maybe if there'd been some more open casket funerals for the Iraqi people who lost their lives because of an ill-conceived invasion from the US, maybe then we would also understand how racism is alive and well and shaping uh, US military intervention even now. So people that say, oh, it's such a shame under Trump we are the bad guys, uh, I guess... Under Trump, you are even more of the bad guys uh, because much of the world would already see the US invasion of Iraq as a bad guy move, and rightly so. Uh, This is why the emotional health of a nation needs careful attendance and responsible leadership because cultivated hatred and cultivated racism or unchallenged racism can fuel enthusiasm for, uh, for unjust action, for unjust military action, as well as unjust targeting of a teenage boy. <sighs> All right, I'm going back to Fahid CNN. Let's see how far we go with that. Fahid Zakaria, okay. Fahid Zakari explains the backstory of Zelensky's plan to announce Ukraine probes on, on CNN. So he responded on Sunday to a report from the New York Times that the Ukrainian president, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, was set to announce investigations into the 2016 election and the Bidens on his CNN show prior to the Trump-Ukraine scandal breaking and subsequent impeachment inquiry bursting into public view. So look, Fahid said he is still hoping to do an interview with Zelensky, whom he described as smart, energetic, and with a much sharper feel for politics than one may have expected. And the important point from this is to note that, as Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat, pointed out, Ukraine won't admit admit the pressure from Donald Trump because they are still relying on US, on the US. It's an ongoing hostage situation. Uh, it's bad. It's bad to hold a nation hostage. It's bad to hold a president hostage. It's bad that 30 to 40% of Americans still adhere in loyalty to a man who pays only lip service to the idea of protecting America whilst exposing America to danger from an adversarial foreign nation that seeks to weaken the US, seeks to diminish US standing in the world, Uh, because it will advance Russian interests. It will advance Putin's ability to take over nearby countries, to build pipelines, to derive more profits, so that he can be personally more wealthy, so that he can have sanctions lifted and then travel to whatever resort he likes around the world, ski in whatever French chalet he wants. It's so important in this time and this age to... uh, to stand up against corruption, to not be passive uh, in the face of untrammeled corruption that 
is jeopardizing all of our own interests. Just because we have iPhones and economic prosperity amongst ourselves doesn't mean that we are negligently allowing millions of people's lives to be put at risk, millions of people's lives to be put at risk in the near future and billions of people's lives to be put at risk in the ongoing future because of the problems of climate change that Putin doesn't want us to address because Putin is personally personally benefiting from climate change right now. Parts of Russia that were colder are becoming warmer and shipping ways that were frozen over or potential shipping ways, I should say, are thawing, are having icebergs melt so that Putin can send more ships to deliver fossil fuel from Russia to other countries, allowing him to export more fossil fuels uh, and allowing him to drill for oil and gas in more previously frozen areas of Russia. Why should we allow the world to go to hell in a handbasket because of Vladimir Putin's... uh, addiction to acquiring obscene amounts, obscene billions of dollars of wealth. So he is the billionaire that we should also be targeting our ire at, Vladimir Putin, as well as, uh, as well as holding to account all of the fossil fuel executives who knew for 40 years that climate change that increased uh, carbon gas emission was leading us onto a trajectory of destruction, of likely flooding of uh, coastal cities as well as just coastal residential areas that we are all being put at so much risk that, uh, that global agriculture is threatened, that our ability to feed ourselves is threatened and we can't just all up and move to Mars This is the planet that sustains human life and it is the only planet likely to be capable of sustaining human life in the near and long-term future. Uh, We need this planet and we need to be able to eat food grown and organized on this planet. So that's all from me today. I'm going to try and get more organized still so I can keep improving uh, my offerings to the general public, have more sections, more theme music introductions, and a more coherent articulation of some of the problems that we face. That uh, the futures section of the stock market is allowing people to gamble with our futures and they're allowing people to induce political developments that will benefit them in terms of billion-dollar gambles that they make, uh, that the, US, the UK pound will fall, that the UK uh, economy will crash, the disadvantages to the UK of, of Brexit actually manifesting itself is so significant, uh, and particularly when you think the British government is sitting on a report, suppressing a report of Russian interference in the Brexit referendum. We need to hear that evidence. We need to hear the findings of that report. And I hope everybody uh, comes on board with more of an understanding about the systemic nature of the plot to overthrow Western democracy in favour of advancing the interests of fossil fuel executives such as Vladimir Putin and hedge fund traders uh, such as Boris Johnson's donors, political donors, who seek to gain billions off their futures trades uh, that predict economic collapse for people in the UK. Thank you. That's all from me for today. Thanks for joining in. Oh, let me just quickly check if there's been any 
live chat while I've been talking so that I can answer questions while I am here. So I will search uh, davcat43. I do also have a website where I post articles that I think are relevant and I'm likely to compile a list also. That's me. Uh, nope, there's nobody on live chat, which is fine. Uh, to anybody who replays this, I hope it was interesting for you. And thank you 